You know that feeling where you read something days ago and you're just like, did I did I read that? I read that, right? Mm-hmm. Christmas happened in between and I feel like I need to reread these issues or just talk about them. Oh, we're going to talk about them because I got stuff to say. She's about to go off. <laughs> Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. And we're back. After kind of a holiday break. Yeah, we took a couple days off. We did Ag- Ugly Xmas. Yeah, so if you watched our live Ugly Xmas, you still got your, your fix your fix of the ex-wife podcast. With from some last friends. Week. With some friends. Yeah, that was really great. It's up on our YouTube right now. And it will be an episode at some Question point. Mark? Probably. probably. I probably should have done that over the last couple of days. That would have made sense topical wise, but, but it didn't. But but Christmas, you yeah. know, we have to allow ourselves to have a little bit of a break. People understand, hopefully. Hopefully. Hey, I got a bunch of news. Oh, you got news? Good, because I got words, but I'll hold them until we get to our final issue of discussion today. (laughs) Well, do you want to tell us what the issues are? Oh, sure. Well, we're going to be talking about the X-Men Unlimited issue, which is uh, the Deadpool and Juggernaut. Paradise Lost. Number three? Number three of that series, I believe. And then we've got Wolverine number 19, Trial of Magneto number five, and Sword number 11. I called an audible. Why are you still doing this? We switched the order. You don't use sports terms. That's not who you are. I can be anybody I want to be. Hey, Immortal X-Men. Immortal X-Men was announced with uh, some news that everybody was questioning, right? So we got the announcement a couple weeks ago. Yes, and we dug deep into that image. Yes, but what was revealed is that Magneto is leaving the Quiet Council. He's out. And it was teased that Magneto is not only walking away from the Council, but walking away from Krakoa. This is big news, people. Huge. And, and you know, so reading that specific solicit information we know that the wolverine stories and inferno are going to tie directly into why it is this happens or what the aftermath of these two events these big events what what unfolds after these big events we don't know we'll find out if you watched our live then you know that coming up real soon y'all are going to get to hear our interview with Benjamin Percy. The real life Wolverine. The real life Wolverine. And he's he gives us some insight into um where we're going next. The Lives and Deaths series and you know what to prepare for. So keep your eyes and ears open for that, baby, coming up in a couple of days. What other news do we have, my love? Well, a couple of these teases tie into our books. Mm. So at the end of Sword, we got the long awaited, long presumed X Men Red tease. Which Ha. Great image. Oh. We'll talk about it a little bit further when we get there. Wa-wa-wee-wa. X-Men Red is the sword 2.0 that we were all hoping for, written by Al Ewing with art by Stefano Casali. It's going to be something. I want to bring up the X-Men number nine cover that was revealed the other day with Orcus sitting around the Quiet Council table oh my just God. looking all sorts of deadly and destructive. I just have little goosebumps like immediately thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Giant-sized Thunderbird, which, how does that happen? Oh, we'll talk about it. Oh, Thunderbird. <laughs> You've probably read about it, but we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll have our little our little bits to say on that. Sabretooth had issue two previewed or solicited, and it's talking about how 
Sabretooth was the first in the hole, but now he welcomes five more mutants to his own private hell. What laws did they break? Are they ready for what they'll find? No. No, they're not. Five more? Well, we know... We know two of them. We know three of them after Trial of Magneto. Oh, please. Don't even... (laughs) (laughs) Next item. (laughs) This is old news now because it came out the day after we recorded last week's, but... Cassandra Nova is the mystery reveal on Marauders. Cassandra Nova. I just... It, uh, you know. I don't even... I'm here for it because it's crazy. I can't even understand it, but I'm so excited to try when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Or whatever pepper of information we get before that might help me understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. And the last two bits. Oh, two bits. Two classic continuity Wait, titles. you have to do the... Two bits. Shave and a haircut. Two bits. Now you can. Is that what it is? I don't know. But now you can do it. (laughs) Bit number one. Two classic continuity titles will be introduced. Oh. One is the Gambit series that was teased at the end of last week, written by Chris Claremont. That's exciting. Yes. yes. I wonder, too. So when we were at New York Comic Con and we talked to him, he mentioned the Nightcrawler, right? It was a Nightcrawler series? It's not a series. It's the Marvel Legends issue that he's writing. But that that is going to be from the past, right? It fills right. in the blanks between two issues. Right. So I wonder where the Gambit story is going to fall. Is it going to be in the Krakoan age or nope. is it going to be a past story? I mean, I'll tell you, it's oh, going to be a past story. Me. At least we can assume because the cover has Stormy on it. And Stormy is the de-aged version of Aurora Monroe, Storm. That was... Oh, this the, is All this de-aging. <laughs> this is a lot of stuff that you are not aware of, but that is how Gambit first came to be on the X-Men. That's who he first encountered and, oh. and interacted with. And I feel like this is great. I love Chris Claremont's work, especially at that time. Mm-hmm. And to have him set up with two of his favorite characters and to just do a story in between the continuity, it's like X-Men Legends Extended. Yeah, that's you know, Just exciting. one topic, just go with it. That's exciting. That's exciting. You might need to catch me up on uh, their their history or, or leading up to that point. Oh, maybe we'll do something to get there. Oh, maybe. I'll plan it. And then the other the final bit continuity classic is Wolverine Patch, which is a story of Wolverine and Nick Fury return to Madripoor with the man called Patch. I don't think you know Patch. I mean, is Patch Nick Fury because he has an eye patch? No, Patch is Wolverine when he just puts an eye patch on and he has a new identity and persona. That's his undercover identity. Oh, undercover. So instead of wearing glasses and covering both eyes, he just wears an eye patch to cover one eye and now he's undercover. But does not do anything about his hair that is oh so recognizable or the fact that he is just a short, stocky, gruff little man. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, you may know Patch from when he went to the auction. I think he donned the patch persona. Oh, in X Force. Yes, oh, uh, or, or Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine. One of those. Now that's everything. That's the news. That's a lot. That is a lot, but it's good stuff. And I went, I went fast because I was like, oh, I want to talk about the comics. Yeah, we do want to talk about the comics, but I do just want to say, for those of you who haven't seen it on our Instagram, I need to shout out Justin for the best Christmas gift of all time. I have. Page number eight of Marauders number one, drawn by Matteo Lolly, Kate and Emma, their encounter in the back seat of a car, discussing the beginnings of Kate becoming the Red Queen. It's true. It's amazing. 
I was very excited to think about that and to get it and to to wrap it and to watch you open it and, and start so if crying. you all want to watch me lose it over opening this present head to our Instagram so many of our family members and friends were like what but what is it but what is what why is, is Alicia crying so much but I don't get it I don't understand <laughs> oh so sorry for them um okay is it time pancakes it's time to talk about pancake faces pancake faces in paradise lost that doesn't mean we have to like it we get another ridiculous Deadpool recap, but this time in pancake form. He has been utterly smooshed his face in, and we even get translation boxes. Thank goodness, because you can't understand what. him at all. Right. So in this instance, basically, Juggernaut smushed his face too many times. It's just taking a long time for his face to come back. Yes. Yep. And we get a little Krakoan reunion as Juggernaut is bringing Rubbermaid to a gate and runs into Black Tom Cassidy and D-Cell. D-Cell being the character newly introduced in the Juggernaut miniseries. I have to say, Juggernaut and Black Tom is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my whole life. They love each other. They are so freaking cute together. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of adorable in the best way. And... From there, we catch back up with the rest of our unstoppable team, now with Deadpool added to the mix, mm-hmm. as they go to recruit Arnim Zola at his hideout. Which is a questionable decision. Right. And it doesn't mean we have to like it. But but it's going to happen. Right. And they find all these little robots and all these computer screens, and Arnim Zola's sleeping. He's, he's doing his, his server maintenance reboot. <laughs> you should have called... Wake up, Zola. I, I do not like you bringing Deadpool here. Well, I mean, he's here. <laughs> we do some more playing on the fact that he's got pancake mouth and he's all mushy. But it seems like 12 hours later, Arnim Zola has equipped a rocket for Juggernaut to ride off into the sunset and to destroy the Warden's plans. But but in that process we do get a nice slap to the back of the head which pops Deadpool's face yes back into its rightful position cuz that's all we needed yeah just a light tap i enjoy this story yeah i do too i'm interested to see where it's going i like the way that it's playing with the fact that you know charles said to juggernaut like you're not welcome on this island and now he's sort of doing things in service of the mutants or in service of the island and sort of seeing where that's going to take him and, and how that is going to tie into the books because it's very clear that these stories definitely tie into the overarching narrative. Oh, yeah. So And just cool to see Andrea mm-hmm. Rubbermaid mm-hmm. back in a thing. I mean, I never knew her before, but it's cool. Right. But I did think it was funny that they also commented as she was entering Krakoa, like, we know we need to work on her name. <laughs> Leave the poor girl alone. No. Fabian is rectifying this issue. And speaking of Fabian, let's talk about the creative team written by Fabian Nicieza, art by Matthew Horick, letters by Joe Sabino. Is it VCs? Uh, that's what the page says, yes. <laughs> I believe that is what the page says. And and also to connect to our first issue, Deadpool makes an appearance in the tease for what's to come. Oh, yeah. But let's not get into that right away. Let's get into that issue. All right. It's Wolverine number 19. Let's talk about this cover, because this cover is cool. I saw a post on Adam Kubert's Instagram where he was going through the inspiration for this design, Mm. and it was a little plant, and so all of these were little 
little buds off of the plant oh, that I love he then the little tongue yeah, demons little little claw hand mouths coming out of the large beast's mouth it's very cool yeah wolverine just kick 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 swimming 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 all right here we go page turn noise beach bummer wolverine still tugging on the softness of krakoa thread i feel like it's it's gonna end up being wildly important right well i mean it challenges all of his philosophies as a character mm-hmm. right this idea of rest and relax and be one with the community and it's just a interesting mix of these two sequences as he's hunting this animal but also showing the peaceful nature of the beach scene also getting disrupted by this washed up dead body yeah I mean, it's definitely concerning to have dead bodies continually washing up on shore and not being quite certain where they're coming from. For sure. And, you know, Wolverine's the man to figure it out. He's not just going to watch those bodies wash up. Title page. Gone Fishing. The Old Mutant in the Sea. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Javi Fernandez. Color art by Matthew Wilson. And letters by Corey Petit. Feces. Corey Petit. All right. We're getting into a data page. Yeah, a data page that digs in a little bit more into something that has been brought up recently because of Inferno, the no place. The no place. That differentiation between the biome portion of Krakoan no places and the tumor effect that it's having on surrounding wildlife. Wolverine is off on a seaward adventure. Yeah, he's came back to his roots of being a rough and gruff guy. He stole this pirate ship. Emma didn't want it. No. But he loves it. I I love it too. He loves its charm. Let him rock on that pirate ship. And this interesting concept about a 24-hour day and what that means anymore. Instant gate travel across the world. It, it You could walk from morning to morning just through a gate. Mm. So what is a day anymore? What is a day? What is time? Right. Is time different on Krakoa? I love this internal monologue. Wolverine just hyping himself up for the day and digging into a lot of those philosophies that he's been wrestling with throughout the two titles. Being a loner in a community, the promise of Krakoa, the ego of some of the people around him. Mm -hmm. And just this idea, too, that he's going off on this adventure and he's not telling anybody what he's doing or where he's going. No, not at all. And, you know, in the grand scheme of you don't get resurrected unless we can prove you're dead... For a certain period of time, it's kind of risky to just disappear into the depths when you nobody, nobody not even knows. Sage. I mean, Sage is always listening, so maybe she does know. Well, you know who is also always listening. Sure, yes, Douglas. I want him to keep this ship, and I know that that's not possible by no, the end of this issue. <laughs> but just the idea of him going on seafaring adventures, I, I love this page, similar to a page from the issue with Solemn, where. You're going across a large background, but see the character of interest travel along and be affected by that long background. Yeah. And I also just want to bring attention to the fact that there just happened to be this dead, rotting horse carcass inside this ship. That's the thing that he caught at the beginning of the issue. Oh. That's the thing that he's hunting. He's hunting bait for this giant beast. I see. I was like, where did this come from? Oh, you know, that's just Sevier's lunch. It's just hanging out there. Yeah. And, you know, got to put some of your own fresh blood on there. Right. To make it appealing. Well, we have these deep poetics of the world, life, the universe, and how things are. I just keep on going back to that, that this is a very much a Wolverine issue where he is grappling with where he is in this world. 
And I feel like that's going to tie into where he's going in the future. Right. I think it's a really nice setup to some books about lives and deaths, perhaps. The size and the force of this beast and how it takes the massive ship for a ride is ridiculous. Like, here it comes. Let's go. Yeah. I really love... You know, we've we've had some conversations about the crime drama Western feels of the Wolverine issues. And even though this is, you know, he's out at sea, he's not in the Wild West. A lot of this gives me those still that Western Wild West vibes where he's like looking up at the sun. Yeah, the sun the with bird the bird fl- flies across right. and just the whole the standoff too. situation between him and what he thinks is the beast. It turns out to be a shark and then, but wait. Yeah, and the colors. The colors for sure. I love the the visual of Wolverine's eyes wide, freaking out. Mm-hmm. That beautiful splash on the next two pages where the Leviathan, as he continues to call it, comes up from the depths of sea and just, wow, we really see the full size of this beast. Yeah, it's really incredible. And... Even the art leading up to that, you know, it's I really love when I can both take the time to read the dialogue, but also just look at the page and really have a clear understanding of what's happening, the intensity, the emotion, the layout on these these two pages before that splash page is really beautifully done. And then we just have this epic shot. Right. Like Speaking of that layout. It's, it's cutting around. It's going in close. It's going medium. It's going wide. And we're getting the full scope of this ship that he's on and this challenge before him. Yes, very cinematic. Yeah. And then you get that super wide. Right. And then the battle begins between Wolverine and the Leviathan. I love the page and the panel specifically of Wolverine slicing through these tentacles. Oh, yes. I just feel like the art really sells the action well in these pages. Yeah, it's so beautifully done. And, you know, it's a testament to the collaborative nature of the books, you know, Mm -hmm. and the way that the creators work together to really give you the full impact. Like without sound playing, it's really focusing in and engulfing as many senses as possible. And to really just see the panic on his face and just the variety of actions that he does across these two panels. There's, There's really these four pages there's only a couple of word blocks mm-hmm. of him inner monologuing, but a ton of action going on. And then it's time to go under the sea. Yes. Got to get on that suit from Forge and go for a little swim. Yeah. And this this torturous connection to the water that he remembers as he's getting ready to dive into the depths. I, I just keep on coming back to the contradictions to those themes and how Wolverine represents a lot of them about bringing people together and I went out alone Mm -hmm. about keeping everybody close and I went out too far. And I just feel like that's really, really cool to think of in relation to the entirety of Krakoa and the Krakoan story. He's still struggling with the truth of Krakoa's promise. It's like this, this meditation on pain and torment for a character who has lived as long as Wolverine and has the benefit of resurrection, but this helps him be reminded. This hurt reminds him that he's actually alive. And if you think about it, the way in which Wolverine's powers work, he's essentially been resurrected so many times. Right, yeah. He's- right? Every time he comes close to death, his body basically resurrects him, saves him from that. And the amount that he's been through and the fact that he doesn't remember so much, hmm. just he's already been in this endless resurrection cycle. Right. 
Yeah. And just how spotty his memory is. Mm-hmm. Talk about how limited the Cerebro backups are. Well, until we get to our next issue. <laughs> I meant for individual characters, but yeah. Things are getting intense for Wolverine. You yeah. know, he's not he's not winning this battle. But he's hanging on. But he's hanging on. And he's feeling that pain. And that's what's helping him keep on going. This little grenade into his the belly of the beast. Yes. I mean, he's battling both the sea and the beast at this point. The, right. the water pressure. I might have won today, but I can already feel tomorrow widening its jaws. Mm. And those final pages yeah, where he's just sun-soaked beach. Ca- taking himself back to the beach of Krakoa. This morning, another body washes up on Krakoa. It will be gone by the time the sunbathers and swimmers show up. They'll live another day without knowing pain because I ate it all for them. It's just, it's like poetry for Wolverine. You know, yeah. it's, it's his burden that he carries for protecting this promise of Krakoa that he still struggles to believe in, which I feel like is a, a testament to what it means to him. Mm-hmm. And even this end quote, you yeah. can destroy me all day and still not defeat me. Because I'll keep on coming back. I'll either regenerate or resurrect. And that last page, the back and forth between Deadpool and Wolverine, as we see the title coming back in April, I think this is telling us that Deadpool will be involved in Wolverine stories, but not necessarily in X-Force, which mm. I'm interested in. I'm so ready for that. I just think he has a similar skill set, but with more ridiculous nature and yes. the two of them arguing as they I, do Wolverine yes. stories. I just feel like the dynamics between the two of them will be incredible, you know? This like annoying little brother. Yeah. Adam Kubert was announced as the artist for the Wolverine series coming back in April. How are you feeling about that? Marvel's Twitter, which I mean, everyone knows how I feel about that. We'll (laughs) see. Do you like Adam Kubert or something? I love Adam Kubert's art. I feel like I've grown up with Adam and Andy Kubert on X titles ever since the 90s. And Adam has been killing it on these couple of issues that we've seen, especially recently. But throughout this run and yes, just kind of sure. reaching new technique levels and I I am hesitant, you know, because will there be fill-ins? Of course there will be. Will there be arcs by another person? Adam was announced initially and maybe they're just like, oh, well, Justin really wants Adam to be on. Yeah, the, that's the what full. it is. Marvel 100%. is responding to to me wanting the, the full Adam You're right, Kubert. you're right. That's what it is. And Marvel I also, was like, oh, you know what? Justin from the Ex-Wife podcast really wants Adam to just stay on. So we should just do that. But I think with him only doing covers for the 10 weeks of Wolverine and the amount of time in between now and then, I'm assuming they're working on some pretty big plans far out. Yeah. So he's getting ahead of it all. So, you know, I got hopes. You got hopes. You got hopes. You got dreams, baby. I hope they come true for you. What would you think of this issue? I liked this issue. I thought it was very clearly a Wolverine story. And I I enjoyed the solitude of Wolverine in the way that he was able to contemplate what his thoughts were. And I almost felt like it was giving us two stories at once. It was visually showing us Wolverine defeating this creature. Right. But it was in the text talking about sort of Wolverine defeating this idea or battling with this 
idea of what Krakoa is in himself. So it sort of gave us two stories, an inner battle and an outward battle at the same time. And the way that the text and the art complemented both of those things was really great. But in a sense, if you had just looked at the art in this book, you get one story. And then if you just read the text in this book, you, you almost get a completely other story, right. which then, is really beautiful. And how they come together to give you this layered narrative. Yeah. You know, for how much he talks about not trusting the promise of Krakoa, Wolverine does a lot to protect it for its people. But I feel like that's what Wolverine does. Right. You know, even in in my very base knowledge of things before, in the before times, before I was a comic reader. Yes. You know, if you think about the, just the X-Men movies, for example, the way that Wolverine never wants anything to do with being part of that school or part of that family and being, you know, tied down there like, oh, kid, I got to go out on my own. I got to take care of my friend Sabretooth on my own and leave me alone, rogue. And then, but but deep down wants to make sure that everybody there is taken care of. It's safe, yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to see if these 10 issues that focus on Wolverine give us any insight into past relationships that may have spiraled into the way that he handles his relationships now. Mm. You know, this idea that he's traveling all the time through many lifetimes, all of these things, it must be difficult to be alive that long. Oh, yeah. And to know that, you know, before now, you're going to outlive the people who you form relationships with. So... You keep yourself distanced from those people. And there's only so many people that understand that to that degree. You know, you have Apocalypse, you have Selene, Exodus to an extent, Sinister's lived a decent amount of time, Namor, yep. Moira especially, but I feel like hers is a different case because it's resetting in various ways. Yep. I really like the Mystique. Wolverine so solo. Yeah, Mystique too. Uh, I almost like it more than X-Force, which often seems like a Wolverine solo with broader implications and a wider cast but for that reason especially i'm really excited about x lives of wolverine and mm. 10 lives wolverine and x deaths yes yes me too trying to get that straight it's gonna be fine okay so i have questions oh he's got questions where does wolverine rank in your list of top characters is he on that oh. list at all he logan not laura not laura hmm yeah i think so i don't know exactly where he ranks but he's definitely up there in a character that I really enjoy. I always enjoy a Wolverine's story. Mm -hmm. well, and especially coming from your perspective, who has not been overwhelmed with the volume of stories and yeah. the amount of representation that Wolverine has and gets over time. And, you know, e even I remember my brother was like, I don't get it. I don't get Wolverine. What, what's the big appeal? And I bought him the four issue miniseries that was his first solo mini mm. and he was like okay i get it now i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah i mean i i think the amount that wolverine is in stuff is just really in, an interesting contrast to the amount that he also wants to be by himself right and i i like it a loner character you know mm. i'm into it he's he's definitely in my top 10 i just can't tell you at this moment where in there he is and you enjoy reading a solo of a character wolverine seems to be the only one who can sustain a solo himself i mean except for cable at times deadpool has had his own book but deadpool isn't really an x character he is kind of his own thing there mm. have been other characters with solos but not to the extent of wolverine and and cable i think is probably number two on that yeah 
Yeah, I do. I enjoy a solo story of Wolverine. Who else would you rather see as a solo character title? Mm. That's a good question. Who else would I like to see as a solo? Well, I would love to see solo Emma, but not in this era. Like a past Emma making her way like once she decides she's she's not evil but she's not fully mm. on board with Charles because i think in in the sense of a solo emma i mean more like you know what did emma do when she was helping other mutants but she wasn't affiliated with the x-men or specifically the hellfire club anymore you know right. where's her in between there um, is a there is a mini i think it's a 12 issue series of emma frost mm and i mean give me a storm solo story where she's going out in the galaxy and dealing with all the things the region of soul needs to deal with i feel like storm could pull off a solo series because she could connect with so many she's, she's tried. very diplomatic you know storm has had a solo series but it didn't it didn't last mm. uh, i feel like of the characters that is one that i would love to see oh psylocke Ooh. Like I was just trying, yeah, like I was trying to think about what is it about a Wolverine solo story that makes it so interesting and it's the way that he has had so many experiences and he has all these connections that you didn't know he had and also he's like basically a ninja so he can go out and do all these missions hmm. and it feels, you know, overarching but also kind of street level and I think Kanan could have yeah, a I'd cool be story like that. I'd be interested in that especially after seeing her dive further into the Krakoan age. I feel mm. like she is very much so a blank slate with what little has been added to her actual story. And and yeah, in Fallen Angels, how we got a little bit of that backstory. Mm -hmm. and Just I would, having I would, her go out and explore, like connecting to her past that she hasn't had access to in all of this time. I'd argue that Fallen Angels was essentially a Kanan story with mm. Wolverine and Cable involved. Yeah. Any other questions before we move on, sir? No. All right. So with that, it's time, my friends, for the trial of Magneto. The trials and tribulations of Magneto. We actually, oh, I I, I don't want to get into what I thought, but I, I liked this issue more than the last two. I felt like this actually made me feel like reading the series was worthwhile. <laughs> yes, I liked this issue. <laughs> <laughs> Period. I like the ending of this issue. Yes. I like what comes out of this issue. Yes. I like the the wrap up of the arc of this story. Mm -hmm. I did like this cover too. It it feels reminiscent of how it all started, but with these light flashes, almost as if we're seeing it in a new light or with more exposure, more detail onto what brought us to this mini. I mean, they're doing a beautiful ballroom dance right now. Of course. They are floating in the sky. You didn't know Magneto dances? <laughs> oh, Magneto dances. I am not. I have no doubt in my mind that Magneto has some suave dance moves. Fred Astaire of Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trial of Magneto, number five, page turn noise. Here we go. Previously, we're here. We all want to know, Wanda, who did it? Who done it? Tell us. I feel like they're leading the witness here. They're just saying, well, tell us. Just tell us. Where is it? Where's the person? Who is it? You. You. Title page. All cards on the table. To catch a toad. Written by Leah Williams. Art by Lucas Wernock. Color art by Edgar Delgado. And letters by Clayton Cowles. VCs Clayton Cowles. Okay. We get our potentially the <sighs> last instance of our Reign of X council lineup or Reign of Ten 
council lineup as there is no inferno implications on this page mm. there's no destiny there's no colossus correct and uh toad you know, it's toad and i just <laughs> i can't i can't because i don't get it it i don't get i don't it. like it it doesn't make any I sense i don't believe it i think he's a fall guy Right. And that I understand as we continue with the issue. But you can you always you always read multiple times and sometimes, you know, my brain skips over things. But I don't think there's ever we have this conversation, this council meeting, this this trial, the trial of Toad in which evidence is presented. And then we have the second half of the book. And I don't recall a connection to how that ties at all to what's going on with Toad. Right. There's no clear. All right, they bring forward this disc of Uru metal that's been enchanted, but there's no, it was planted on Toad, or he is aware of it, because it seems as though he's aware of it. He is accepting responsibility. He's saying, yes, I did what needed to be done. And so was it a conversation that was having right, off, like, off he, panel? Did he and Magneto and Wanda get together and be like, this is what we got to do. We need somebody to, to take the fall. Why would Toad say, yes, I'm going to take the fall and go live in the pit forever? Be- because it's not forever. Magneto is slowly building a brotherhood of mutants in the pit, and he's going to spring them all loose. Oh my god, don't even. What? Set it here. No, Magneto, no! <laughs> Avengers! Like, that made me so excited, but also so upset at the same yeah. time. Well, because I feel like that's that's his whole argument in Inferno 3, is Charles is still not ready to do what needs to be done afterwards. He's still saying, even after we fight back the humans we're going to try and peacefully integrate magneto gonna be magneto now you think all right so magneto Sabretooth, nanny orphan maker toad throwing another one because nature girl is supposed to be in there but curse. she's not oh my god curse what just imagine what curse on team magneto would be like intense we but have yeah we have our avengers assembled at the council which i thought was interesting they're there. Everybody's watching this. the trial of Toad. Right. And Emma shouting out to, I believe, Wanda. If, yes. Which foreshadows who knows what. And darling, if you ever let slip the secret of Krakoan resurrection, then next time we'll make sure your death sticks. But here's the thing. Does everybody know that the five resurrected Wanda? I believe so. But they, I don't know. Even the Avengers? No. So... So all of the mutants know or just Emma knows? I don't know. Why not? What are you talking about? I'm just kidding. I'm just... All right. Well, Toad did it. Okay? It's Toad's fault. It's suspicious that nobody calls into question the fact that Toad has this magic enchanted Uru metal disc with Scarlet Witch's sigil on it and is not a magic wielding character. Yeah. Because he's just saying, I did it. And then he's saying, I hate Wanda. So boom, in the pit you go. I did this for you, Magneto. Ah, that was so... That was intense, especially yeah. with him just sitting there taking it all in. Yeah. And I have to tell you, when I was reading this, I was like, what? we haven't even seen Toad. Toad hasn't even been around. What is it? What? He was in House of X and that was it. For like a hot second. Yep. Go play, Toad. Oh, goodness gravy. Go commit murder later on, Toad. Avengers are just like, uh, what just happened? Let's get the heck off this island. I don't want to be on this island anymore. They're doing weird things with this pit. Captain America is not cool with it. And Vision is like, yeah, but. It's not our place. This is not our place. It's just like an extended death sentence, right? Mm-hmm. To be seen. And then Magneto's like, I gotta go. I gotta go be sad boy by myself. 
I need to go deal with what just happened because I think now Magneto is like, oh my God, Toad is in the pit forever. Toad is in the pit forever. It's my fault. And I did it for my daughter, question mark. And Wanda's gathering the children of the island. Yeah. yeah. The the three who are of importance. She needs Polaris for something. She needs Polaris. But the, the depth of Magneto's grief on that next page and how he handles emotions. If I didn't love Magneto already, this may have tipped me over to his side even further mm-hmm. the way he processes emotions in isolation pain is weakness magneto man i feel this in my soul and i love you yeah these are your trials yeah well that's the uh title of that's this. the kicker no matter the cost no matter how much it pains him this is how a tortured traumatized magnificent man knows how to love through trial it takes a lot of practice Oh, Mags. Flashing it back. Magneto told Scarlet Witch about mutant resurrection, and she's asked him to kill her. So Toad is just the fall guy. And right. That, like, he gets brought in, and we don't get to see or hear about that at any point. I have qualms. Okay? Here's my qualm. Why? Why, Marvel? Somebody at Marvel, please let me know. Why did you take the time to point out the timeline the specific time in which Wanda speaks to Magneto and the specific time of death and have them be inconsistent with each other for it to mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's part of the the effects that Wanda put on it, that it made it seem as though she had been That is for- a baloney answer. I, all I got for you is baloney. I'm sorry. I just feel like, why i mean you want to talk about qualms i got qualms on this page wolverine should have been able to smell wanda this close they're in the same panel you can't you telling me you can't smell this person yeah another qualm i've got timeline doesn't match up okay why is magneto in this outfit he should be in his sad sad magician look because he's in this outfit later on what are you talking about i know but he's at they're at the gala they're scurrying away from the gala wolverine and domino are in their gala looks doing securitas that's true (sighs) This data page. Visually cool, practically difficult. I hate reading them. Yeah. This is, I think, the second or third circle data page. It's just hard to to get into. It's cool looking, though. Yeah, it looks cool. It's just... And it's got some weight to it, defining the importance and age of chaos magic. I actually can't can't imagine if I was reading that on a phone, I'd have to go in and make it so my screen didn't rotate so that when I turned my phone, it wasn't constantly flipping. I always had my screen on that. Hmm. A balanced wheel moving between life and death. Why did he tell her about resurrection? What was the reason? Just to feel closer to her? No, I feel like it was because she pitched this idea but needed to go through the channel of Krakoan resurrection. I see. And that was that's kind of like later fleshed out. But right now, before that, she's calling together the prodigal three. We've got Polaris. We've got Legion. We've got Proteus. Not really knowing why Proteus is... What are you talking about? My mom knows Krakoa? <laughs> My mom is dead, and she's a human. Yeah. Nah, she's not. Nah, bomb drops. Throw your hands in the air, magic like you just don't care. Something's not right. It isn't working. What yeah. could that be? She made that eldritch orchid, the thing that she's seeing old lady Wanda in mm-hmm. earlier in this series, for this purpose. This sister moment is beautiful. I love it. Gives Wanda even more importance in this moment and what's to come. Look at them with their little heads together. Do you yeah. consider me to be your sister? Lorna, yes, of course, but then it's you. You're as much his daughter as I am. 
Yeah, you have to be the one to complete the circuit, this magic circuit folding past, present, and future onto itself, creating a pocket dimension of infinite possibility. Elysian Fields. Also called Elysium, are the final resting places of the souls of the heroic and the virtuous in Greek mythology and religion. God, there's so much Greek mythology up in here. Mm. We got to get a little bit more context on where this is coming from with a flashback. Tons of people here would want to kill you. Why, do, why are you making me do it? <laughs> Everybody hates you, Wada. What are you talking about? Everybody want to murder you. No, yeah, she but, doesn't she just end up doing it herself? Yes, <laughs> but he needs to be the one that people suspect or connects to, I guess. You're the only one who would want to undo it. So Magneto did kill her all along, or at least assisted her in her killing herself, but still Toad... Toad has to take the fall because Magneto can't. Right, he's got to be on the outside to be able to do some other things. So I feel like, is this what connects to him walking away from the council? I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, we're dealing with magic and spells and resurrection, so not understanding it completely isn't out of the question, but Wanda needs to go through mutant resurrection for this to work. I'm not sure I get it. It is just so... Is it? Is it just so that she has more of a connection to the process? Okay, hold up. In looking deeper at these pages, the magic that she uses to strangle herself then gets formed into that piece of metal and Magneto's walking away with it. Right. So he has to plant it on Toad or, or, or talk to Or go to, to him Toad and it. say, you need to say that you did this. Right. Which I feel like is a big hole to not address. And I do think that... We'll find out eventually. Yeah. I think that Wanda needed to go through the resurrection process to connect like interweave her magic into it you know Mm -hmm. because in this whole thing she's never like fully dead right right so she's her chaos magic is swirling within the resurrection process and she needs to be connected to all elements of it including connected to cerebro so that her essentially the the pocket dimension can flow through cerebro as well there's just a lot of questions and I hope it plays out further and we understand the why and how of it. But I, I do like what you're saying with deepening the connection to the process. Mm-hmm. These gifts that she's brought to the mutant people. I don't know the story of this little girl that they were going to adopt, but it's good to know that this is one of the after effects. And we So get, precious. Yeah. We get the, the note that hope is running resurrections now. Back off, Charles. Get out of here, Charles. Hope running resurrections and... Kyle and Northstar have a baby. Yes. This is huge. And then. This is a few big ads to Krakoan society. All the mutants who weren't backed up previously are now there. Magic allowing Cerebro to scan across time and space for every mutant who fell between the cracks of the resurrection protocols. Not only mutants who died without being backed up, but those who were not yet in existence. Like those who did not yet get their mutant powers. Yeah, so if they died before they even became mutants. And does this essentially cancel out needing to go through the crucible to get your powers back it is addressed right here crucible is no longer necessary which i feel like apocalypse is going to come back and be like uh hey where's my murder arena i i made that for you excited about that and i mean i think this really takes the overarching storyline of all of the mutants hating wanda because she destroyed them and this is her way of right making amends for that she's tried to do that as we saw in the 
Empire mini, and it just made it worse, Mm -hmm. where she made a bunch of zombies. But this way, this way, she fixed it, and Thunderbird's back. Rebirth of the first X-Man to die in field combat. I mean, this is the one that we've talked about constantly, always being reminded, no, he's dead. He's He's dead. dead. He can't come back. And I feel like with Resurrection nearly exposed in X-Men, this decision becomes a lot easier that you can... That's going to come up in the next couple of issues in X-Men. Mm. So now, uh, we don't need to explain. Harry Leland? Yeah, he, he was dead and now he's back. Proud Stars? Yeah, he's here. I am Thunderbird. It's been a while since we've gotten one of these triumphant returns. Who is this dragon? I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if that's someone that is also that was also lost that can turn into a dragon. I tried to look that up, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> Just, there's a dragon. The Scarlet Witch is back. Dragon. And now this, Exodus tells a different tale. Right. Which, all right, great ending as even the brainwasher of children has come around. But there were so many theories about Exodus and his little hateful children circle. Mm. And the ties that it might have had to Sinister as their first scene together in with Sinister in the background in House of X. That's one of the main problems I have with this. I had hoped that that meant something. <laughs> More than what it seems to now, especially. You know, I had thought the time meant something too, Justin. Yeah, sure. And not all of our dreams can come true. But because they, they just, they don't even seem to look like the same kids that had been seen around the fire before. Every other time we've seen the kids around the fire, they're the same kids. These are all different kids. Hmm. Interesting. And Wiccan. But we do have nice family moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk about redemption, though. Redemption for Wanda. Redemption for this series. The last two issues have been clunky. I feel like the kaiju battle was added to just give us big superhero heroics and extend the issue count. This issue was solid, answered a lot of questions, mm-hmm. but I still have a lot I mean, yeah. unanswered. I feel like this should have stayed as an arc in X-Factor. It wouldn't have been as large. It wouldn't have been as, as marquee, high, high profile, and it would have been able to tell the same story, and it would have made sense. Like The fact that they're the ones that investigate resurrection. They're the one like this yeah. this comes from that type of story. Yeah. I understand wanting to to elevate it. It just I feel like that made it rushed, that made it extend to a couple more issues than it necessarily needed to be. I think I agree with you. I just think the choice to pull it out and make it something different was because this idea of how the Scarlet Witch stands in the eyes of mutants. Mm-hmm is something that globally they wanted people to connect to. So in order to get more people than maybe just those that read X-Factor to hear this story or to experience this story, they needed to make it its own thing and hype it up. I get that. But at the same time, the number of people that I heard from that dropped this mini three issues in and that didn't actually get to the end reveal that actually has that weight. I don't know. I feel like neither really hit that mark. Yeah, no, maybe, I agree. Maybe if you made this a three-issue event, I don't know, and then it wouldn't be so overlapped with Inferno's timeline. Yeah. All right, so my first question. Yeah, hit me. Unless you have any big thoughts. No, no, no. Give me. Do you think Magneto is assembling his new brotherhood within the depths of Krakoa? Because <laughs> well, I already I, told you, he, well, like, he is, hopefully. <laughs> I didn't before, but now I'm like, hmm. Sabretooth, Nanny, Orphan Maker, Toad, who else joins this team? <sighs> who else? And I know that this is just me dreaming, but come on, let's go. Sinister. Sinister. Sinister's going to get thrown in that pit soon. Yeah. People are fed up with him. All right. I don't know. I I don't have an answer to that question. I think that 
this is that is an interesting perspective and would definitely shake things up as far as story is concerned because this idea that it's mutants against humans and mutants against robots, mutants against the future, but now no more mutants against mutants. And mm. now we throw that idea back in the pot. Give me the Shadow King. You want the Shadow King to be on the Brotherhood? Look, if you all could see Justin's face right now, he's like smiling the most evil smile like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Throw Jason Wingard in there too. Jason Wingard. Need some oh, mind powers. Man. Oh, I'm basically man. just looking at my villain action figure shelf and be like, yeah, what, what do I want? Who's going on that team? Omega Red? Maybe. I feel like Omega Red is going to have a big role in the weeks of Wolverine. Mm. The weeks of Wolverine. Okay, what's your next question? What are your thoughts and feelings on Wanda overall? Wanda, Wanda, Wanda. Well, shout out to House of X co-host Dylan, who is now a Wanda stan. He's now Team Wanda. It's difficult for me to say because I really don't know much of Wanda in the comics outside of this particular story. So I think it's heartwarming that she went through what she went through. She sacrificed herself in a sense to make up for something that she had done that was somewhat out of her control i think that just the exploration of magic and what it can do is really interesting and i'd like to see more of it you love magic i love magic but as far as a character in the comics i don't think i know enough about her to say what i think of her mm-hmm. i like her in this story to a degree i think i would like to see her feel a little bit stronger she feels very um Like she's walking on eggshells a little bit in the beginning, like when she doesn't have her memories and and how everything sort of trickles into what happens at the end. I just don't know enough. I don't have enough story points of her, but I'm excited about her and I love her in the MCU. So, yeah. Thoughts on this miniseries overall? Anything beyond that we've we've said? I mean, I I feel like I've shared my thoughts (laughs) on it and... I do think that this helped to soften the landing that was crashing down in the last two issues. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You know, I'm not saying this was terrible. I just, I was not, I was gradually less and less excited about this miniseries. Yes. Having this ending, I definitely enjoyed this arc overall where it, where it ended up. I think the concept of filling this hole in Mutant Resurrection is a really cool concept and to tie in a character who's not a mutant into solving that problem is an interesting arc because the mutants seem so dependent only on themselves and think that they don't need anybody else. So to have this be filled in by someone who's not a mutant hmm. but is connected to the mutants in some way is I think an interesting story point and a nice plot and nice plot development. But I don't think that it should have been called The Trial of Magneto. No. I don't think it should have been hyped the way it was hyped. I think there was a little bit of... I don't know, misleading information or or it just hyped itself up to be something that it wasn't. And I think myself included, people would have enjoyed the story more if it wasn't made out to be something different mm-hmm. and didn't make you feel, you know, personally, I felt like I was going into this trying to solve a mystery and take part in an investigation of who killed Wanda. Which- and that 
that just led me to disappointment when I could have just enjoyed this story for what it was without having had that hype. I feel like that hype comes from the setup. It comes from the team going into this of X Factor, Mm -hmm. murder investigations, and the fact that we're calling it a trial. And I feel like all of those built an idea in everyone's minds of what this was going to be and that it was not that thing, which... Mm-hmm. You know, I guess is on us for not over expecting one thing or the other. No, don't you put this on me. I put it on everybody. All right, what's that, Cohen? At the end of the issue, I didn't see it, but I'm assuming it's Inferno. That's an I. That's an E. That's an O. That's that's the Inferno that's the cover. Inferno cover for issue four. So yeah, so Inferno. That's Inferno. All right, so we've got one more to discuss. The last issue of Sword. Y'all know how I feel about S.W.O.R.D. Y'all know how I feel about Abigail Brand. So, ha, 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 S.W.O.R.D. Which, uh, I I thought this was a really great issue. Oh, yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not denying the greatness of the issue. That's not. Well, we'll get there. So, we've got an epic battle happening on this cover. And, um, a little bit of everything spiced up in there. Cable, Brand, Storm, all fighting this lethal legion. The lethal legion. All right. Page turn noise. Sword meets Australia. (laughs) I think I've mentioned it before. The manifold issue of Sword was one of my favorites of this run. So I like this moment as a follow-up. And especially with how it connects with Cable and what's been going on with him. Yes. I think, you know, where'd Manifold go? Oh, here he is. He's just... He's ready to catch this sword station as it's flying towards Australia. Yes. And um, he's hanging out with a friend while it's happening. I love, 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 love this whole thing with Cable and the idea that he has to shift his his powers to not focus so much on keeping, keeping the, his virus under control yeah. and how you see that start to affect him and how you see it's just so interesting to see this and then to know what's going on with Doug and Krakoa and Warlock and to know that Warlock is essentially the virus but as a person as a person and when he's intertwined with Doug it doesn't have this kind of effect yeah it does it, occasionally Especially early on when they like really become one. Interesting. Like back in New Mutants when they first start to, to do this. Yeah. Interesting. Then there's the fear that Doug might lose himself in. But now he does. Like now they're balanced and Doug doesn't have. Well, they're also not merged completely. It's it's like Warlock lives on his arm less than they are intertwined. Oh, interesting. 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 But anyway, I. I... I love this. I love the way Cable starts to shift and you see his virus starting to escape the armor of his arm. The art is really awesome in this book. Yeah. Title page. All fall down. Final Frontier, written by Al Ewing, art by Jacopo Camagni, color art by Fernando Sufuentes of Proto Bunker Studios, letters and production by Ariana Maher. Feces Ariana Maher. Human observation. I'm happy that James Hudson flips out here because it's warranted. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at his alliance with Gyrick earlier on yes. over the last few issues. So to just see him actually stand up for himself and for humans is good. It saves him a little in my mind. Yes. 
he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing? Why are we doing evils? Yeah. And you got WizKid keeping visually cool as he's freaking out about what's about to happen. <laughs> Brand with the backup plans within backup plans. <sighs> Gyrick taking the imminent destruction of Australia in stride as if it's worth it to expose Krakoa and make them fall. Right. Well, it wasn't really my plan. But it, I just kind of wanted the sword station to crash down, you know, maybe into the ocean yeah. or something. But the fact that it's going to destroy, you know, and kill people. That's good. That's good. It just helps my plan along. And this this alien creator of the lethal legion. Orbis. Just being so casual like, oh, yes, Mr. Garrick. Wars, you know, never been good for business, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We right. would never do anything to increase the chances of war. Which I think is also interesting to comment that this, Gyrick only wanted this to be an assassination attempt. Mm -hmm. And Orbis is saying we're ready to complete the task, seemingly taking this assassination attempt too far as they're ready to actually kill Zandra. Right. War is so famously bad for business. You have my word. No, no, no. I'm I'm trying to drum up some new business. Right. So we're back to the scene Arako. of the Lethal Legion. Our team, nothing but doubt and fear about what's coming on Arako. Poor Gladiator. Yeah, so his powers are fueled by his confidence and his self-belief. And with the previous attack, there's just nothing left, especially with what's in front of them now. They were destroyed by only five of them, and now you have sets of them all around. But Storm. Yes. But Storm. Well, before Storm saves it, I do want to shout out Zandra not wanting to be known for running. Yes. You know, it's fine for being known as someone who is in love with Storm. Everyone's there. Right. But I don't want to be an empress that is running away when my people need me. Right. Or running away to let people die for me. Right. I do. It's the same art team as the previous issue. The art and the colors on Storm especially that last panel with the eyes lit up. I can't. She's it's so, so amazing. Good. She's so amazing. Look at her. Look at her. Boss yes. energy. That's the air pressure. Back up, okay? I'm strangling these people. Yeah. Explaining the mechanics, the science of what she's actually doing to these assassins. And I love these two pages together. This art of just the diagonal line of seeing all these assassins brains explode because of the pressure and then these cut-ins of what's happening with storm and her conversations and the fact that her nose is bleeding a little bit because it's infecting it's affecting her a little bit too but she doesn't care because she's taking them down and she's so strong and then she just wipes away her bloody nose yeah but also, Joanna, step back. I don't want you to get hurt. Hopefully their creator will learn their lesson. Oh, Orbis is learning all sorts of lessons. Which and is this, dangerous. This was all part of the plan. Yeah, it's crazy to know that, you know, Orbis is watching this whole time. And it's essentially like Sentinels, right? Every time they battle the mutants, they learn from battling them. And like Nimrod has been getting stronger and stronger. So this is what's happening here. Orbis is like, oh, well, you I'll just make some took more. us down this way, so I'm going to engineer some kind of failsafe so this can't happen again. And speaking I also, about... wait, can we just talk about Orbis and Orcus for a second? Yeah. <laughs> just don't, not to be confused, people. No. no, like the Forge and Forge. Oh, God. 
The Forge and Forge. We get a big data page from Orbis. We're counting the strategic wins from today's demo, testing everyone's defenses. They, Orbis, are willing to play all the sides, thinking of making a shell company to supply the Shi'ar with new super gardening stock, which I feel like is just, come on, this person, this is a big bad now. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And they're originally from Earth, which right. thrones. Whoa. Who are they? So many questions. And now, ignoring Gyrick because they were playing their own plans. Everyone is playing their own plans. All of Australia is acceptable collateral damage. This is an acceptable loss. Is ridiculous. Wait, do you think I'll save the subject of my new alliance for the relevant file? Do you think the new alliance is in this book? Where are you seeing it? So on the data page, when Orbis is bragging about everything that's going on, they talk about. The deal with Henry Peter Gyrick was, as oh, expected, mostly useless. And then talks about having, it's clear I'll have to look elsewhere, which I have done, of course. But this has already drifted too far off topic. I'll save the subject of my new alliance for the relevant file. Potentially. There's a couple options of who it could be. <laughs> One in particular that I know you're fishing for. <sighs> but I don't know. As Gyrick and Guardian are... Going back and forth, yelling about the loss of Australia, the potential loss of Australia. Uh, Cable is not self. (laughs) Self is fine. I am fine. He's stretching his TK abilities beyond what he can do. And the techno-organic virus is spreading within him, seemingly making him more like Warlock, while also reaching out and connecting with the peak itself. But don't worry, because Manifold's got it. Yeah. This beautiful splash page, so huge and intense. I love Manifold in this issue. It's really great. Cable with that last minute evolution. I wonder how this is going to impact him going forward. I assume he's going to be a part of the next title. I certainly hope so. And our twist, at least our first twist. Guardian continues to go off on Gyrick. It's justified. Orcus understands. But Wizkid, with the reveal and the bomb drop, his own tech brought in to hack and take over the system. Downloaded everything, every secret file, every dirty detail, and sends it to the Shi'ar. That was that was huge and a bigger move to put the Shi'ar against Earth's humans and even more towards Earth's mutants. That yeah. This, hey, you know, they were trying to do this, but we had your back. But we had your back. Kind of. Sort of. Most of us did anyway. And uh, Gyrick tries to get away, tries to escape, but no, no. You are trapped, my friend. Yeah, and Orcus is cutting him loose, unresponsive to his pleas until the twist of all twists. No, this is not a twist. It's not a twist. It. I knew it was coming. You did not know that it was coming to this extent. I knew, yes, that Brand was up to her own plans, but this, this reveal that she is not only working on her own angle, but is working for the destruction of Krakoa, this was a twist. This was a next level. You telling me that you knew the Listen, whole time that she was trying to do that? I knew uh, that she was not on Krakoa's side. I have been saying it. I mean, she forever. said that. She said that in issue one. She was not. She's not of that island. She is a spacer. But you 
But you were like, give Brand a chance. Can't you love Brand? She's awesome. You should love Brand. I never Brand. said she was I awesome. I love Abigail Brand. I never said I loved Abigail Brand. Yes, you did. Never. That is not true. All I have to say is, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Horrible woman. Still interesting. Fine. Interesting. But I despise her. That's fine. Go off. Tell me. I just, I just can't wait. For Storm to find out what you did, Abigail. I yes. can't wait. Brand, we don't even know your real name because Brand is just your mutant power. I never knew that. Me either. I thought this was interesting. This couple of points to call out. Gyrex saying you stole Mars from humanity. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't have a problem with you and Orcus taking out Krakoa, Henry. Honestly, it's what needs to happen and soon. Brand, you are a dirty, dirty dog. You just shake your head like, oh, oh well. I don't know. I don't know what you were expecting from me. I, I never thought that she was doing something positive. Oh, she yeah. always said to Magneto, I am not issue one, where Magneto says the six is what comes next. You are Krakoa's future. And Brand was like, no, this is not Krakoa. This is Sword. We are happy to relate with you and to, to help benefit from each other, but we are doing something else. And, and what we are doing was not entirely clear to anyone other than Brand. Just admit that you were shook by this, oh, and 100%. I was not. I was sh- That is surprising that you were not shook at all to the depths of it. Because, and I don't know about shook, I was interested in the fact that this was a, this was a twist. This was a reveal to the layers that she had in play. I knew she was a dirty double crosser. Right. I was just waiting for it to come up. But the degree at which she is a dirty double crosser is not something that I was suspecting. Right. Because I you like her. Okay. <laughs> Don't get upset. Okay? Don't get upset. I'm upset. Just know that I told you so. Okay? I was like so vindicated when this moment happened i was reading the comic i looked over at justin sitting on the couch next to me and i said i told you so because nothing about this woman has sat right with me and i just want to see her just destroyed by storm i just want x-men red storm is coming for you abigail brand and she's gonna take you down i just don't i just don't know how she's gonna know you know, she's gonna find out somehow. I don't know. Storm she's is so storm many... is storm. Yeah, sure, but storm is more of a great leader, truster of mutant people, and in wanting to work collaboratively. And Brand is layers of plans within plans and working people against each other to do what she needs to do. I just want to see Storm take her down. I don't care how it happens. This defines me in mutant culture. Which I feel is just interesting. I never knew that Brand was just her code name because of her hot hands. Mm. Yeah, that we don't know her real name. I keep going back to Xavier's line in X-Force number one, all mutants can be trusted. And just how misguided it was. Classic Xavier. Playing Krakoa to get to the next stage for Soul on this intergalactic level. like She knows everyone's moves and plays. Hank and Storm. No, I think... Soul's better off if I get rid of all of them and run things myself. That is the dumbest thing to say. I mean, it's the same it's the same thing that everybody at the council says right. around the table 
but on an intergalactic level well, because that's where she's yeah. thinking. Yeah, and that's that's everybody's downfall. Right. Thinking they don't need anybody else. Gyra gets ejected because the X-Men have rules and I don't play by rules I don't respect. So I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And don't worry about your spot in Orcus, Henry. It's in the best possible hands. A.K.A. hers. Potentially, yeah. Which would be a very not good plan. (laughs) Wouldn't be surprising. The other big data page. So much has been within her control. She's aware of each piece and has planned layers that we don't even know about. She wants the speedy downfall of Krakoa. (sighs) And, And while I don't want Krakoa to fall, I do want competent people against it so that there's challenge so this mm-hmm. i'm not upset by this i'm interested in this this is like layers of deception and the fact that you know she's another person on that list of people you can't trust close connections to krakoa yeah yeah and just the fact that she's talking about Alpha Flight and how she has James Hudson in her pocket. Right. But he doesn't seem to trust Orcus really anymore. So, which is ironic because Orcus are big fans of me, which makes me think that's why she mm-hmm. is taking his seat. That's why, that's what Gyrick got wrong in the end. Having a mole on the inside, just a double cross waiting to happen. But being your own mole on the inside, now that's got potential. Which makes me think she's involved in Orcus, but she she thinks she's going to do the same thing to Orcus. Like she like Krakoa is not going to be the ones in charge. Oh, Orcus is not going to be the ones in 100%. charge. She's Abigail gonna be, Brand right. is going to be the one in charge because it's bigger than Earth versus Orcus, or it's bigger than the mutants versus the humans. It's readying this solar system to be at a level that can communicate and interact with other solar systems, mm-hmm. other empires. It's not about what happened, Taki. It never is. It's about what comes next. And that's always been the line from Sword. What comes next? What an issue. That a X-Men broken read, throne yeah. for a broken land. Look at Storm. She is amazing. Busting angry. out of a gala look. Oh, Regent yes. of Araco, voice of soul. Dawn, dusk, day, night. Aren't those the... Council sections in... Yes, Araco. Araco. She's coming for you, Bran. I don't know how she's going to find out, but she's coming for you, and I can't wait to see her destroy you. Hmm. That, was, that was a really great issue, and a really great run. I, I continuously know. say I, I, love, agree. I love S.W.O.R.D. From start, because of the larger world implications, and I just I feel like this issue doubles down on that. This, like, this is a big story. This is an important story for the grander Krakoan age, but also connecting to larger things happening in Marvel. You have other things that are big in terms of Krakoa's story. Mm -hmm. This is big for Krakoa's story, but also big for the Marvel story. Agreed. Agreed. This is an amazing, this arc was amazing. You know, the fact that I get so fired up about Abigail Brand is what makes it a good story. Yeah. You need characters like this. You need that. You need that. That's why I'm like, if if any time I said that I like Brand or I love Brand, apparently, it's because of what she adds to that other side. You were all for her and her antics and her sass. No, and- I mean I was not, especially when when she was playing the 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 scroll 
Cree alliance and the the royal family and and, and all that. That's when like things were starting that I was aware of. All right, she's doing some dirty stuff, but I'm still here for it because it's adding in new intrigue. I'm gonna. I would like the listeners, everybody out there, please let me know. Do you think that Justin was team brand, or did you think Justin was team conflict? Team conflict. Because I think Justin was team brand. <laughs> How happy are you to know that Brand has been the villain to Krakoa all along? So happy. Thrilled. Called it. Knew it. Nailed it. Pumped. Vindicated. <laughs> I, have, I have mixed feelings, personally, because <laughs> of the now massive mole problem that Krakoa has going on in its second era. But I feel like that raises the stakes. I feel like that creates a new layer of storytelling. Mm-hmm. So you think Brand is now in conversation with Orcus? Oh, 100%. Or does she have someone on the inside working for no, her? No, she doesn't have anybody on the inside. She is on the inside. That is what she said. Mm. You be your own mole. Are the Shi'ar going to now come after Orcus now that they know all of Gyrick's secrets? I don't know if they're going to go straight up after Orcus or if they're going to start just collaborating more so with the mutants in Arako and build a stronger front as a group. I don't think they would just go out on their own, hmm. but maybe. Any other thoughts, questions, ponderings? What did you think of this I run do, overall? I, I enjoyed this run overall in that it was interesting and exciting and really different every issue. Like There was some something new thrown in all the time and, and it never felt dull. Um, I like Sword a lot. I don't think... You were on the fence at the beginning. Yeah, I was. Especially but it was with because all the of Abigail. Well, it was because of Abigail, but it was also because of all the tie-ins that, that just didn't seem to be connected to the main story. Yes. Yeah. But now that I've experienced the full arc, um, I very much enjoyed it. I don't... Just by the way that this ended, I'm interested to see sort of when x-men red starts if there is a time jump or if it picks up right where it left off because if it's going to pick up right where it left off brand is still as far as everybody else in sword knows she's still a good guy like she's still on their side we as the audience know that she's a dirty dirty double crosser which i love stories like that where the audience knows something that the characters don't yeah so i I also am curious to see how cable's interweaving with the sword station plays into that going forward mm. right so him him having more of a connection to the observation and mechanics of the sword station could provide him with some intel that was not previously known and mm. him just being from the future could also give him intel that we are unaware of right we don't know what he knows but yeah i just i'm interested to see how that plays out and how she makes her next moves and how long she stays intertwined in what's going on in Krakoa before she makes a stand against them. Yeah. So that's, I think what I'm most excited about to see what happens with X-Men Red. Yeah. I would be surprised if X-Men Red picks up right after, especially, you know, Inferno is going to affect the line. Mm -hmm. Weeks of Wolverine is going to affect the line Mm -hmm. in a different way. The destiny of X promo teasers where there's just all this possibility, these, varying futures i feel like there will be some difference i i don't want to lose the energy of this story going forward and i I don't think we will because it's still going to be 
the Krakoan age. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays into everything. Yeah, me too. I would hope that if they are, because they are exploring time travel with the weeks of Wolverine, right? right? So I hope that it, we're not entering any sort of situation where the time travel is going to change the outcome of where we are now or you know we've set up all these stories we're ending all these books to get ready for their next phase in april or march and i just hope that it's not like everything's different because of time travel Mm because i really just hate when that happens yeah you do yeah i do well i also feel like it's a disservice you know you build up all these stories you leave all these cliffhangers and then you're gonna just kind of wipe things away and reset them with time travel. I mean, interestingly, that is likely what would have happened in a normal sense of if a new head of X was mm-hmm. to come in, right? If yeah. if Hickman was ending his run, his whole story of what he had started with and then collaborated with the other creators, this then would have shifted to a new bold vision of what's happening with the mutants. But instead, they're continuing. And to see that they're continuing makes me think they're not going to reset so many of those things. Right. They're still going to continue that. That's why they're continuing with the groundwork that has been laid. Yes. Agreed. There are no new X-Books next week. This week coming up, right? So wow. it's Sunday. This will probably go up this afternoon. There are no new X-Books this Wednesday. There's Death of Doctor Strange number four, Devil's Reign number two. And those are just things that I'm reading. Well, good thing there's no new X-Books, but you do have a interview with Benjamin Percy to look forward to. Right. So that'll be your, your weekly Krakoan fix. And it's it's very exciting. Benjamin Percy is great. And then maybe, you know, I got some time off. I have some ideas for some stuff that I had been wanting to finish. We might dive back into a classic story or oh two. Oh my goodness gravy. I'm so excited. Or a character or two Ooh. that may prove relevant going forward. That's spicy. I'm excited. <laughs> um, all right. Well, is that it? We've done it. So until next time, old friend. Charles. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.